Welcome to the Thrive Church Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this message today. Thanks for tuning in. Well, it is fantastic to have you all here at church this morning. And wasn't that an amazing time getting to dedicate those incredible wee ones? So parents, Bob and Charlotte and Jesse and Fliss, you are amazing. Thank you for everything you're doing and raising your children in the ways of God. And we just want to honour you for that. Intermediates are heading on out of there's any other intermediates in the room who want to join them, head on out to the foyer area now. Well, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Debbie and I am married to Glenn and we have the privilege of leading this incredible church and what an amazing church you guys are. We love you, we believe in you and we know that the best days are yet to come for you and for this church. Now, before I um, start, I just wanted to pray uh, sorry, specifically um, for a group of people, <clears throat> um, anyone in this room who may have been having trouble with sleeping. Um, now, it's something that, like, I'm usually absolutely sleep perfectly, can fall asleep anywhere, anytime. But just over the last wee while especially, I've been having trouble sleeping. And so this morning, I just thought, I just want to go after this um, because that is not God's heart. His heart is for us to sleep in perfect peace. Like it says in Psalms, we will lie down and sleep in peace because He is watching over us. So if that's you this morning or anyone watching with us online, um, just put your hand over your heart and I'm just going to pray for you right now. If you've been having trouble sleeping, maybe um, hard to get to sleep or maybe just waking up during the night and just unsettled, disturbed sleep. We're going to agree together for that to shift. So Father, we just thank you for your presence right now. And God, for every person that's been experiencing trouble sleeping, I just thank you for your incredible shalom peace just filling them right now. God, over their nighttime hours, I speak shalom and just your well-being. God, peace to your thoughts, peace to their thoughts, God, peace to their bodies. God, peace to their emotions. And Holy Spirit, I just thank you for you ministering to their spirit, that God, where this has maybe been an area of struggle, God, that you'll turn this around and bring this into an incredible way that they are ministered to at night. God, that they will have dreams of heaven. God, that they will encounter you in the nighttime hours. God, I bless the sleep of every person in this room, every family member that they represent and every person watching with us online in Jesus' name. And God, we just give this message to you this morning. God, I just thank you for your words, um, just everything that you want um, to be said this morning, God, that it will accomplish everything you intend it to accomplish. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Philippians 4. This is one of my favorite passages, and I just want to read some of this with you now, starting in verse 4. And this is also where we get the theme of our conference from in this first verse. Be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. Let your joy overflow. And let gentleness be seen in every relationship, for our Lord is ever near. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell Him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will guard your heart and your mind through Jesus Christ. Keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honourable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising Him always. 
isn't that an incredible passage? And this is something that I felt God led me to memorize at the start of last year. And so it's something I've been continually coming back to. And it's just interesting tonight, just a little side note, that this passage directly follows on from what Paul, um, when Paul is addressing an area of conflict um, between some believers. And I believe this is a passage that we need to hold fast to, especially right now. You know, we're at a time where there's so much uncertainty, like Mitch talked about before. There's lots of opinions, there's lots of conflict, there's lots of doubt, and we need to hold fast to the Word of God, maybe more than we ever have before. Now, a couple of weeks ago, Glenn introduced this topic of um, more than words, and so I'm going to continue on with that topic today. Um, If you haven't heard the message, I'd really encourage you to go back and listen to that from two weeks ago. Listen to the podcast. Um, He spoke from James talking about the tongue and how our tongue is like the rudder of a ship. It can direct our course. He also said if we align with voices of negativity, with suspicion, with fear and judgment, we can shut out the voice of the Holy Spirit. We can actually diminish the flow of the Holy Spirit in us. So check out that message. Proverbs 18 says that the power of life and death is in the tongue. So the words that we speak, I want to say even the words that we write, can heal or harm. They can cause unity or they can divide. Life or death will flow through your words. The words we say to our children, our colleagues, our friends, the words we send in a text message, maybe the words we put on social media, the words that we speak about someone even when they're not there, they all carry power. And they can build up or they can pull down. It's a bit heavy, this bit. We'll get a bit lighter later, but this is important. Jesus speaks this hard-hitting verse in Luke 6 when he says this, The good person, out of the good treasure of his heart, produces good. And the evil person, out of his evil treasure, produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So today, we're talking about more than words. And I want to focus on this last bit, that out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth speaks. And my prayer, and I actually prayed this at the end of a service a couple of weeks ago, is that we would be like David who said, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, God. So this is about more than words. This is about our thoughts. It's about the meditation of our heart, the things we are thinking about. What do we want to see flowing out of our heart? Now, about 10 years ago, Glenn and I went to speak at a youth, um, young adults camp actually, in Sydney. And this was a real privilege. It was a lot of fun. Um, But instead of of being in the city, we were actually out in the country for this camp. Now, um, I'm not a spider fan. We have a spider there. Now, Glenn and I were looking at spiders last night. um, And the pictures we saw, I was like, no, we, I, could, I could hardly look at it because they were just so big and scary. Anyway, so Glenn very kindly just like reduced the spider image right down to this. It's just so you all wouldn't be feeling too scared today. So is everybody okay? If anybody doesn't want to look at the picture, just focus on me or someone around you. Now, apologies to spider lovers out there, but yeah, I just don't really like them that much. 
Now, for some reason, heading into this camp, I remember just being extra worried about spiders. I'd been to Australia many times before, and I don't think ever seen a spider. Maybe it was just because we were heading into the country, and I thought, well, that was way more likely that we'd see them. But whatever the reason, I was just using up a bit of thought space around spiders. And there must have actually been a real fear there, because that first night on camp, I had this horrible dream of spiders all around me and on me, and ugh. And I woke up, I was feeling scared, but then I realised, this is ridiculous. There aren't actually any spiders even in this room. And I think I ended up seeing maybe one daddy long legs in that whole time like in our room, and I'm fine with those, I can, they don't worry me. Um, and I did see a huntsman spider, which is this one here, um, in the eaves under a veranda, which I walked under on the last day. But was I okay? Yes. Did the spider hurt me? No. Did the spider come anywhere near me? No. But what had happened for me is that I was thinking so much about spiders that they ended up filling my vision, literally filling my dreams. Because whatever we focus on, we actually magnify. So I think this applies to spiders and to some maybe females in our house as well about the size of a spider that is crawling around the house. Now, let's take a moment. We're going to look at the 12 spies, um, Joshua and Caleb and the 10 other men who went out and spied the promised land. And this can be found in Numbers 13 and 14. So just going to put some of the verses, otherwise we would be here for a very long time. So starting in chapter 13, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the people of Israel. At the end of 40 days, they returned from spying out the land and they came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel. And they told him, we came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey and this is its fruit. They brought back massive bunches of grapes that like two people had to carry on a pole. That's how big they were. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there, and um, they were giants. Back to, uh, forward to chapter 14 now. And Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunna tore their clothes and said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, The land which we pass through to spy it out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us. uh, It is a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Do not fear the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. So we have 10 spies, and they focused on the enemies of the land. They saw the good stuff but they focused on the enemy. So the enemy appeared undefeatable in their eyes. Their enemy was magnified. And then we have these two men, Joshua and Caleb. They focused on the good things they saw. They focused on God and what he said. And they said, the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. And so they saw the promise and the promise was magnified in their vision. Colossians 3 says this, if then you've been raised with Christ, Seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Set our minds on God. That means to focus on Him and on heaven's reality, not on what we're seeing around us. Now, that doesn't mean that we have to ignore everything that's happening. That would just be silly. 
It doesn't mean that we shouldn't um, learn and understand what's going on. And it doesn't mean that we pretend that things aren't happening. But the key words in this verse are, set your mind. Now, this is a verb. It's a doing word. But this is not a passive doing word. This is like a really strong word to set your mind. It's kind of like a, just a, this is what I'm going to do. It's like a certainty around it. It's not this could happen to me, but this is something I am actively taking responsibility for. So we need to set our mind on God, and I think in this season more than ever before. So like Joshua, he focused on the fact that God was with them, and then together with Caleb, 40 years later, they saw that promise fulfilled. Back to Philippians 4, it says this, the last part of it, keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honourable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising Him always. More of these doing words, these imperative doing words, and like continually fixed, fastened on. This requires a stance of action for us. It's not like letting all these feelings and these thoughts wash over us. And that was something I had to spend a lot of time in my 20s just actively working on to not let that stuff wash over me. This is about stopping and making a conscious decision to fix on to what the Word of God is saying. <clears throat> Who here likes rock climbing? Is anybody in the room that likes rock climbing? Anybody that's done it but doesn't necessarily love it? That would be me. I've rock climbed in Charleston and uh, at Castle Hill, and it's not my favorite thing to do, but it's something I've pushed myself to do at times. Just I have this kind of side of me that likes to do something so I can say I've done it and I've achieved something. So I push myself. But I remember it being a bit like this. Um, just my fingers hanging on tight to that rock face. Even though I had a harness on, and actually if I fell, I was going to be fine, there was no way that I wanted to lose my grip on that rock. And if I had to take a step up to get to the next bit, I wanted to be absolutely sure that there was the most strongest hold possible um, above me. And this is how I picture what we're talking about, setting our minds. When I read these words, continually fixed, fastened on, it's a picture of this. My well-being is dependent on the stance, on this position that I'm taking. I am going to hold on and I'm going to absolutely hang on to the Word of God. So what are we meditating on in the season? Where are we spending the majority of our time, our thought life? On Monday morning, I was feeling a little bit unsettled. And I realized that I'd just been reading so many news articles and had so many notifications come through on my phone um, about things that are happening. Probably nine out of 10 of these were COVID related, as probably is happening for the rest of you. Um, now, of course, I want to know what's happening. And I think it's really important that we do understand that. But I just realized that I was spending too much time reading all of that stuff. There's too much kind of attention on that. And in that moment of realization this week, Jesus just interrupted my thoughts suddenly with the words of that hymn, um, on Christ the solid rock I stand. Jesus is our rock. He is the only solid, sure thing that we can stand on. And he is the best thing to put all our attention. He's the best person to focus on. See, I want for myself, I want my thoughts, I want my whole life anchored on Jesus Christ, not on anything else. 
Now, just right now, we are just going to take a moment with the Holy Spirit. We're just going to stop where we are right now. So maybe you just want to close your eyes. Just try and forget about people around you. And we're just going to ask some questions to God and just see what he says to you. So just ask this just in your mind, just quietly. This is you and God. Where am I spending my thought life? Is the balance where it should be? Am I feeling trapped in my thoughts? Am I struggling to find peace? And then just do a check on this. Am I thinking on things that are authentic and real? Am I thinking about beautiful and respectful things? Are my thoughts continually fixed on those things that are pure and holy? Are my thoughts merciful and kind? Are my thoughts fastened on every glorious work of God? Just keep your eyes shut for a minute. Just keep talking with God. Just stay in this moment. I'm just going to pray for every person right now. And if when you're just answering those questions with God, you're just kind of realizing, oh, actually, my thoughts have been just in the wrong place. I've been centered elsewhere, and I'm actually not feeling peaceful. Then right now, why don't you just put your hand on your head? Just we're going to pray for our minds just to be renewed right now and for the presence and power of Holy Spirit to come and fill. Holy Spirit, I just thank you that you're in this room with us right now. I thank you that you see every person, you see every situation, you know what's going on in our minds and in our hearts. And Holy Spirit, I just thank you right now for you just calming and just renewing minds, for you just washing off the stuff that we just don't need to be focused on at the moment. Holy Spirit, would you just cause the truth of God to be so strong and loud in our minds at the moment? And God, just the other stuff that doesn't matter, just to dull away. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your peace that passes our understanding, guarding every heart and every mind in this place right now. Holy Spirit, fill every person with peace. We just thank you that we have the mind of Christ. And God, I just thank you for the outworking of that in our thought life, moment by moment, day by day. And God, would you just give us the strength that we need, the courage that we need to be able to just stop in a moment and turn and fix our attention on you. We surrender our minds and our hearts to you, God. Amen. That may be something you just need to spend a bit more time with God on. I want to change text slightly and just speak um, prophetically just over what I see um, God doing, having kind of done over the last few years a little bit. This is going to be short though, don't worry, I'm not going to give a whole journey of the last few years and where I believe that he's positioned us at the moment. In 2019, Glenn and I were in America and um, at an amazing conference um, and just other conferences we were at after that, and just so many prophetic voices around the world kept saying the same thing, that we're entering into a decade of double harvest, that we're going to see the greatest harvest of souls that the world has ever seen, that we're going to have revival, but more than that, we're going to have transformation. 
over and over again, there was the same or similar words being spoken. And when things are repeated like that, I mean, we always listen to the voice of God, but when things are repeated, then we really need to stop and pay attention. I believe that God's been awakening his church again. I know for myself and for so many other people, we've just had this increasing hunger to want to know Jesus more. This kind of dissatisfaction for where things are at. Kind of had this desire for more and more surrender. Then in 2020, COVID kind of entered our part of the world. And with that, there was a lot of change. We stepped into a time that most of us never dreamed could happen, unless you've kind of been watching all sorts of movies and stuff. But even through that, God has been refining his church. There's been more dependency on him, more hunger, and I think a purifying of heart as well that's been happening. Over the last few years, I think we've seen the church begin to rise stronger in understanding her identity, the church understanding her call in God, and understanding more of what it means to live as disciples of Jesus Christ. Then came 2021. What an amazing year it has been. A year of highs and lows and everything in between and confusion and all sorts. But have the promises of God changed? No way. Absolutely not. Are we still about to see the greatest harvest of souls? Absolutely yes. And signs and wonders and miracles like we haven't seen before. What I believe is happening, I actually just think that the devil is scared. He's seeing that the church is actually rising up, is becoming stronger, and he's scared because he knows just what can happen when the church of God stands strong together. And he's trying to do everything that he can at this time just to pull down the church. He's trying to do what he can to distract us as individuals, to bring fear, despair, disunity, disagreement, doubt, and I think truly as well, trying to destroy the reputation of the church. But Jesus has promised, I love this verse in Matthew 16, that he will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Nothing stands in the way of what Jesus has spoken. Everything he has spoken will come to pass. So this is a time to pray. It's a time to stand together and it's a time to fix our eyes on Jesus. Now, a few years ago, God gave me a picture of this church and we were standing in a circle um, with kind of gaps between us, but near each other. And then we took a step in. Every person took a step inwards. And then we were standing shoulder to shoulder, literally shoulders touching. There were no more gaps between us. And I felt this was just such a picture of the unity and the oneness of heart that he desires for his church. Two weeks ago, God showed me a similar picture, but it was different. And in this picture, God showed us, um, showed me a picture of all of us standing in rank, still shoulder to shoulder, still shoulders touching, but in rank, four people across, just rank, like line upon line upon line of believers standing in rank, like an army ready to go. Like an army ready to go and to stand against the plans of the devil, to not let him win in our own lives, and not let him win, um, and the and just bringing disunity um, and doubt in relationships, as well as that to release the plans of God to together be able to go out, release the plans of God to see His salvation, His freedom, His hope, His love, His healing, and His transformation taken outside of the walls of this place and into our community and nation. 
No, this is not a time to be distracted. This is a time to make a conscious decision to come closer, to step closer, to become shoulder to shoulder. A time not to stand against each other or doubt each other, but to stand against the real enemy, the principalities and powers of this world. It's a time to make a conscious decision that no matter what is happening, what our differing opinions may be, we will stand together, no gaps, one in heart. And it's a time to let the light and the life of Jesus take possession first of all in us and then to shine out of us and into our families, into this community, into this nation and the nations. God loves you immensely. He loves every single person in this room so much. Every person watching with us online, God loves you. His plans for you are to prosper you and not to harm you. He has good plans for your future. And God loves His church. Jesus gave His life for His church. And He has incredible plans for His church, for this church. He has plans for this nation and for the world that have not changed. He is a good God. But it's time to set our mind on Him like we never have before. It's time to fasten our thoughts onto Him, to cling to Him. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And we want that abundance to be pleasing to God. We want the meditation of our heart to be pleasing to God. Thanks again for tuning in to the Thrive Church weekly podcast. Stay up to date with everything that is happening by following us on social media 